You know, so I have people that tell me, you know, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, I'm a vegan. I'm a plant-based. Almost like if it's religion. What's that about? And is it sustainable? The goal is to live better with age. What's the right diet? Holistic but realistic diet. Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Geo Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Geo, where it is my goal to help you with your urological function and live better with age. Today's topic is going to be more on the live better with age component of things. You know, how to eat holistically, but realistically. How to eat holistically, but realistically. You know, I had a conversation with our teenage daughter. You know, they're growing up and they're getting into all sorts of conversations. These girls, great girls, proud of them. And they're starting to figure out and to learn how life works. You know, is when I'm talking to people, what do we, you know, what do we say? What do we talk about? And I said, well, those are, those are, you know, good things to think about. But I tell you what not to talk about, right? You don't want to talk politics with people. It's not a good idea. It never goes well. You just never know the political beliefs of others, and you still don't even know your own, right? Don't talk about religion. Religion, not a good thing, right? You you have your beliefs on religion, and it may offend someone and so forth. And don't talk about diet. (laughs) Don't talk about diets. You know, Diets, I've been doing diet work for 25 years, literally read every book for the last 25 years on it. Talk about, you know, Fit for Life, Harvey Diamond, I believe was the name, and his wife at the time. Certainly the Atkins diet, Zone diet, blood type diet, all sorts of, you know, diet books, ketogenic diet, all sorts. And I've actually have done most diets. So about 25 years ago, I was a vegan, right? Because it's the right thing to do. You're nice and young and, you know, It's not only the right thing to do for your health, but it's the right thing to do, you know, for the planet. Vegan raw foodist, I remember. It was a raw foodist. So like, you know, (laughs) eating like, you know, celery all day. Those were my snacks. Then, you know, I went on to, actually, I went on to the other end. I I did more of 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 an Atkins diet where I incorporated more meats and so forth. And I've read all the books and it's amazing. I've been in discussion panels with other experts, diet experts. It's just amazing to me how people are so caught up in their diet as if it is religion or political party. And it's never healthy. I've been with people that are promoting many diets in the backstage. And it turns out that either, you know, they're not doing what they say they do or they do, but they have other problems. They have, you know, mental health problems that are not addressed probably I don't know. Is it can it be contributory that they have some nutrient deficiency because of this? It could be. They overdrink. You know, a vegan, but man, they drink like fish. Yeah. So how is that healthy? Isn't the goal to live longer and better with age? That is the goal, right? You want to prevent these diseases. What diseases? Cancer of all types, certainly prostate, but across the board. You want to prevent a heart attack and strokes, right? The top killers. You want to prevent Alzheimer's and you want to function with optimal quality as you eat. You want to be, you know, I want to play basketball, a pickup game of basketball at 75. That's my goal. That doesn't have to be your goal. That's my goal. 
So you have your own goals as to how you want to function as you get older. I saw a patient yesterday, 75. He's doing really well, really well. This is a scenario where he initially had a high PSA. He still does, but we know that he doesn't have cancer and he, we were even able to avoid a biopsy in this case because all the data shows that you know, a biopsy is not necessary. He does have a big prostate. He's 75, doing great sexually, doing great. And I said, look, we're training for 80. <laughs> we're, we're training for 80, right? How do you want to feel and look at 80? We're training for that now. So certainly diet and nutrition has a big role to play in how we age, right? So yes, uh, you know, the better we eat, the better we live, the better we do, the healthier we are, right? But let's keep it within context. And this notion of, no, I'm a paleo guy, and that's it. It's like a tribe. It's like tribal, or I'm a ketogenic, or I'm a plant-based. And, 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 you know, these wars, I call it diet wars. To me, it's more like diet confusion because you're confused. You don't know what to do. One day you're doing one diet, the next day you're doing another, and then you have guilt because you're eating with guilt. And you're not sure, but, you know, it sounds good. And the last thing you read or last person you saw or heard from a, either a podcast and you're confused. Or the last documentary you saw on Netflix. I remember <laughs> back in the day, 25 years ago, maybe Die for a New America. You know, meats are bad. Die for a New America. Robbins, author, last name Robbins. Die for a New America. Look how these animals are treated. And yes, they're mistreated. And I'm not undermining that. And, you know, I'm not necessarily an animal rights person, but they are mistreated. And more importantly, how these animals are treated, you're eating much of their stress chemicals that, that are produced by these animals. So that's not a good thing, okay? Then it was forks over knife, game changer, right? Showing how erections are better in these vegan guys, which is absolutely bogus, by the way. You know, promoting really some of these fake meats. So, by the way, as I go along with my hopefully not too much of a diatribe here. If you're going to eat meat, eat meat. If you're not, don't. But don't eat these fake meats that supposedly are meat replacements. They're not. They're not meat replacements. And actually, they're even more toxic oftentimes. Oh, but Dr. Gio, no, no, no. I'm doing it for environmental reasons. Really? Where are these meats made? These fake meats. China. So it's not helping the environment if they are brought over through, you know, in planes. So this is part of the, you know, people want to belong to, to something and I get it and that's fine. But, you know, most importantly is what works for you to live longer and better with age, right? Holistically, when I became a vegan raw foodist and, you know, I'm Cuban. So I remember going to my mom's house for the first time after becoming raw foodist vegan. And, you know, I was like, well, mom, I can't eat, can't eat your food. <laughs> can't eat white rice. I only eat brown rice. No, I can't. Uh, that delicious Cuban pork you make. No way. I can't eat that. The yuca. Maybe I can eat the yuca, but don't add too much oil and don't. She almost threw the pan in my head. She was like, you know what? <laughs> get your, get your vegan, <laughs> get your vegan ass out of my face. Right. <laughs> and. <laughs> And, and, and go find somewhere else to eat, right? And I was trying to figure it all out. I was like, well, all right, so what does uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, I don't know, I have no idea why she stood with me, but she did. And I couldn't eat anywhere with her, right? Can we go here? No, we can't. Is that a raw food place? I can't eat there. 
Is that a vegan? No, I can't eat there. So it became so impractical, right? Then I worked in a restaurant, it was an Italian restaurant. And again, I was vegan raw food, working in this Italian restaurant. I didn't eat any of the food there. But I saw people that were healthy and how they ate. And, you know, yeah, some people were, you can see the behavior. Uh, some of them were overweight, but some of them actually had a very healthy approach to eating anything. They ate less. They shared meals. Hmm, I, I made note of that. I know for me, it increased my food addiction. And I remember when I first started working clinically as a naturopathic doctor during the early years, I didn't do specifically urology and prostate like I do now in men's health. I did more, you know, the weight loss, helped women too, et cetera. And I remember me triggering all sorts of eating disorders in women because I said, oh, eat like this, don't eat that. I triggered bulimia or anorexia inadvertently, of course. Wow, I learned, I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Fast forward, I've read all the books, all the research, paper, science, to have an idea of how you should eat to help yourself, certainly with prostate cancer and prostate health, but how to live better with age, all right? So that's what we're talking about today. And I'm going to give you, uh, you know, I'm going to give you some very nice, easy to understand tips, right? We're not going to get right down to uh, a whole lot of uh, scientific jargon. The problem seems to be, the number one problem, in my opinion, seems to be that we're overeating. If you look hard enough on the internet, you're going to find things to support your, right? That's how the internet works. Your, there's algorithms. So if you put, you know, meats are bad for you, you're going to get tons of clicks for that. Carbs are bad. You're going to get that. Fats are bad. It turns out that all these macronutrients are actually important for your health and well-being, and for you to live longer and better. So the problem is not these macronutrients, proteins, carbs, and fats. The problem is that you're just overeating. You're eating too much. I am going to talk about a pretty good study that occurred. So studies, how studies work, first of all, when you see headlines in studies that this is the diet and that's the diet, you, know, you got to understand the news media is not really looking into this closely. So they, they want sound bites to attract your attention. So you don't want to get diet information from news media, first and foremost, not the, the right thing to do. Secondly, it's very difficult to study diet and nutrition because there's a lot of variables involved. They're asking people questionnaires, maybe every three to six months. Do you remember what you ate yesterday? What did you have for lunch yesterday? It's hard, isn't it? You may, oh yeah, well, I think I ate, you know, I think I ate a, a burger. No, wait, that was for dinner, right? Yesterday. Now, you're answering questionnaires of what you ate within the last three months. That's how they do these diet studies. Very difficult. I still find some value in them because they're looking at, the good studies are looking at a large number of people. So the sample size is high in a, in a, you know, tens of thousands. So there is some value there, but to take it for face value, so it's very difficult to do diet research, okay? You can't randomize it. Actually, for diet research, including alcohol and things like that, animal studies work pretty well because you can control it, right? You can control what the animal eats. So they did a 25-year study, long study in two separate places. One was in Wisconsin. The other one was in the NIH in uh, Maryland. And they took like about, a, you know, 
a lot of monkeys and they put one set of monkeys in a sort of a, a calorie restriction diet and the other set of monkeys into a standard American diet, quote unquote, both places. They didn't have the same exact methodology. So one group might've been the Wisconsin group, but I'm even screwing that up, had them in a very uh, typical standard American diet, like 30 grams of sugar a day, I think, and so forth, like standard American diet. The, so the group, the control group. The one in actually Maryland, NIH, those that were the control group there, they actually, their standard American diet, in air quotes, was actually not that bad. It was like four grams of sugar. They could eat whatever they want. The control group could eat whatever they want on both sides. Could eat whatever they want, when they want. Then the the experimental group did a calorie restriction diet. So what was the outcome of this 25-year study? This will never happen again, by the way. There will never be a 20-year or any study on monkeys ever again because of uh, many reasons, animal rights reasons, and so forth. So this, will, this type of study will never happen again. What was the outcome of these studies? The outcome of these studies were that, yes, indeed, calorie restriction helped with longevity and health as these monkeys aged. Why study monkeys? Because they're biologically very similar to us, right? Those that, had, that ate less did better. Better how? Live longer, look better, look younger. I- interestingly, when you compare the experimental group with the control group in Maryland, again, that group, the control group, their sugar intake was less and so forth, but they can eat whatever they want. There wasn't a big difference in longevity and how they looked. There was a minor difference. So the calorie restriction looked better and still, why is that? Because those that in the control group who ate, the, the monkeys that ate whatever they wanted had a low sugar intake. So yeah, A, eat less. B, yeah, sugar is a beast. Sugar is addictive. You know, probably if sugar was a new thing now that we didn't have before and it's a new thing brought to the market, it'd probably be illegal because it is addictive, um, it is super refined, and it does cause a, a, a metabolic effect that's not good for you and interferes with the goal of living longer and better with age. So, A, what do you do? Eat less. I know it's hard. I love food, too. I love food, too. Who was it that said, what's his name? The guy that played Iron Man. I don't watch a lot of movies, but anyway, the guy that played Iron Man, he was uh, into drugs, right? He, was, uh, he had a drug problem. I said, why do why you keep taking these drugs? He's like, what do you mean why I keep taking these drugs? Because it feels good. <laughs> Let's not overcomplicate it. Eating a lot and eating feels good. Okay? That's okay. All right, we'll we'll learn how to work with this, but that's the reality. The more sugar you eat and simple carbohydrates, the more you want to eat. The name of the game is primarily eat less, eat less calories. Less calories, particularly as you get older, you live longer and better. Do I like intermittent fasting and time restriction eating? Actually, those are two separate things. Intermittent fasting really means fasting for several days. I know these terms are used interchangeably, time-restricted eating and intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting means you fast for one or two days or three days or a week or something. That's a fasting method. Time-restricted eating is that you eat within only every day within a certain time range, six, eight hours, right? So I like time-restricted eating quite a bit. Why? It does reduce the calorie count. And 
you can only eat but so many calories within eight hours. I mean, I know some of you say, no, I can eat. I'm an eater. Yeah, you can only eat so many calories within eight, six hours. Okay. So you have that time of 16 hours or so, 14, 16 hours of not eating. There's benefits there, biological benefits, you know, autophagy with a, where all the bad cells kind of die off. You, you want that metabolic responses that are favorable, things like less what's called insulin resistance, right? You don't want insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is where the receptors of insulin doesn't really, they don't connect well with the insulin, right? And then you cannot metabolize sugar. One of the biggest contributors to aging unsuccessfully and dying prematurely is too much insulin and insulin resistance. So we want to pay attention to that. Intermittent or time-restricted eating, you know, helps with that, improves that. And it's more doable, I think. And I know some of you, I just gave a talk recently and one of the panelists said, look, I'm not into intermittent fasting. It's not, despite the research, I'm not into it. Well, it's just a personal opinion thing because the research shows that it's helpful. And yeah, it's hard. And look, some people, typically intermittent fasting means you have to skip uh, time-restricted eating, means you have to skip a meal. That could be either breakfast or dinner. You have to figure out what works best for you. I like dinner. I'm a family man. I want to go home and have dinner with my family as often as possible. Holistic, but realistic. So we're not monkeys. We're not, uh, you know, rats that are studied. We're people. And so other variables, how we live our life matters with what dietary habits we, you know, do or don't do. So it, it has to be within context of what's important to you in your life. Food brings people together. And I think that those blue zone areas, those are five areas in, around the world that people live a long time, a lot of that has to do with community, not just diet. The fact that there, there's community and food brings people together. So I think that time-restricted eating helps with that more, right? It's healthier. You do tend to eat less. And then you, so you don't have to be so dogmatic with it. Of course, there's things, of course, you should limit simple carbohydrates and, you know, breads and, 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 and so by the way, it's, it's, this is 80, 20 rule because for the 20% of the people, it's not that bad, but for 80% it is. So we're going to focus on the 80%. I know I do horrible when I have bagels. I do horrible, right? Semi crash and it's not a good thing. I know I do horrible with sugar. Most people do. So I would say time restricted eating. Okay. And you can figure out whether some people say, well, I, I need breakfast. I cannot function without breakfast. No problem. Then find a window that you don't eat as much. That works for you. Time restricted eating, limit and be conscious with simple carbohydrates and sugar. I am not going to say in this podcast episode or ever, don't eat meat. Uh, don't do. Uh, don't eat that. Because the don't do works worse. And psychologically, as humans, we typically want more of what we can't have. Seven years ago, uh, eight years ago, my son was two years old. He always wants to play with my cell phone. All right. So I did an experiment to prove this point. I have my cell phone on one side of the table and his absolute favorite toy. I think it was a Pokemon or something. I can remember. was in the other side of the table. I just wanted to see, he's two years old. I wanted to see what he grabs first, my cell phone or his favorite toy. First time, 
cell phone. I said, oh, wow, that's interesting. Take the cell phone away, put it back, try it again. Cell phone, second, third, fourth time. He wants my cell phone, human nature. You want what you, if I keep saying, no, you can't, hey, stop, get off my cell phone. Don't use, don't use my cell phone. He, he wants more of that. Same thing with you. So if you're constantly telling yourself, I can't have chocolate chip cookies. Oh my God, the chocolate chip cookies are there. Oh my God, the soft ones, oh, they're warm. I, I can't have them. That's going to perpetuate the problem. You're going to want more of those chocolate chip cookies. So I'm not ever going to tell a patient or anyone, don't eat this, only eat that. Because A, I have no evidence that if you do that, that you're going to live longer and better. And B, it's not sustainable. However, you do want to be cognizant of the fact that time-restricted eating too much, likely, we are eating too much. That is the number one problem, in my opinion, as opposed to eat this and not that, eating too much. And yeah, simple carbohydrates and sugars are a problem. Third thing, it's about being mindful when you eat mindfulness. Again, I still haven't told you, don't eat this, eat that. I'm not going there, actually. Be mindful. Most people have a good idea of what to eat and not to eat. I don't think I'd share with you anything different than what you've heard already. I just want to make it practical for you. Be mindful. So if you are going to have those warm chocolate chip cookies, then have one. And mindfully say, look, I'm going to have this guilt-free. Enjoy it. And have one. Right? Your favorite thing, one. So the foods that are on the avoid list, and so far in my opinion here, is mostly simple carbohydrates and sugar, then those food you want to have infrequently, mindfully, infrequently, and have a less portion or smaller portion, and enjoy it. Because the other rule is, don't ever, ever eat anything with guilt. Guilt is way more indigestible than any food. Don't ever eat anything with guilt. Enjoy it, but do it mindfully. You know, one of the worst things is when you know watching a game on TV, and you just get the you just get the bag of chips, right? You don't pour a couple of chips in a bowl. You get the bag of chips, and mindlessly you just keep going, right? Eating away, crunch, 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 eating away. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to eat mindlessly. Eat mindfully. You go into the party. Again, we're being holistic but realistic here. You go into the party. You got invited to this party. This is a birthday party. Whatever. Any party. <laughs> you know there's going to be all kinds of food there. And you're saying, all right, I'm not going to eat anything because I'm going to Larry's party. And I'm going to save my appetite for Larry's party. Don't save your appetite for Larry's party or any party or any event. Let me repeat that. Do not save your appetite for the barbecue or the birthday party or the wedding party. Eat a good meal, a solid, clean, good meal before the party so that you are more in control when you get to the party. So then you can have whatever you want mindfully, but you won't eat that much because you're satiated. You're satisfied. You ate a good meal before you went there and you won't drink as much because too much of alcohol and food and less food that is high in carbs and just not good food for you is the problem. 
right? Hey, these are practical tools. Don't save your appetite before the party. Eat before the party. I typically have make myself a smoothie before a party, a nice smoothie with berries and protein powder and add some greens to it. And before any event, I don't go in hungry. All right, so that is another tip for you. Lastly, try to eat. So with regards to food and diet, there seems to be a circadian aspect to it. Meaning what? Meaning, you know, there are times to eat that are better for you and times to eat that are not so great for you. And typically, not the studies show it and prove it. Plus, you've, you've experienced it. If you're having big meals late at night, that's just going to interfere with your sleep. And sometimes you're waking up with a hangover and you didn't even drink alcohol. The hangover is a food hangover. You have the headache right behind your eyes. That's like, man, I didn't drink like something. Well, you didn't drink, but you ate like a pig. So you want to have your meals as early as possible. Two to three hours before going to sleep is good, right? And yep, I know about that nighttime snacking. I know it. The pantry, the crunch crunch, little cheese at night. You want to minimize that. You don't have to be dogmatic about it. You want to minimize it, you know? So be mindful. Again, going back to mindfulness, be mindful about it. You know what? I had too many crackers last night. I'm not going to have any tonight, right? Mindful and discipline. So when you eat matters, eat, don't eat too close to bedtime, okay? And your first meal, breakfast, breakfast means breaking the fast. So it doesn't mean that you need to eat breakfast at 8 a.m. or 7 a.m., Right. If you're doing time restricted, restricted eating and you're going to eat your f- first meal at noon, that is your breakfast. OK. That should be primarily protein. I don't care what it is. Dr. Geo, you know, plant based, no meat. All right. So then eat plant based protein. <laughs> right. Uh, I, you know what I feed my son for breakfast before he goes to school is grass fed hot dogs and blueberries. That's all he eats. He's never had cereal. He doesn't know grass-fed hot dogs and blueberries. It's all he eats for breakfast every day, right? But that first meal you want it, you want it to be because you don't want to crash, right? That cereal and bagel and thing you're gonna crash. He's not gonna you're not you're not gonna be your best self, and it's gonna not help you with this journey, this goal of how do I live better? Man, I'm turning fifty. Actually, it's a real story. I am turning fifty. <laughs> how do I live better at 50 than I did at 40, right? So first meal, make it protein. Most days, okay? Most days. Holistic but realistic diet. This is what it is, right? How does it apply? Oh, the study says, the study has to be part of how we live, <laughs> right? We're not animals in a cage, Right. There's a lot of variables with how, how we live. There's real. There's emotion with food. There is cues that tell, oh, I want that cookie or I want that pizza. Right. So this is real. This is real. And like this, you will be able to dietarily eat successfully, eat clean food and be and, and keep your weight down and keep healthy and, you know, lower your risk of dying young prematurely. What's young? I don't know. Anything less than 100 for me is young. <laughs> and developing these horrific diseases like cancer and heart disease, strokes, and things like that, diabetes, right? This should work for you. This should work for you. DrGeo.com, I write a lot about diet there. Go see me there. Join the tribe, if you will. Join the newsletter, and you're going to get several emails from me.
on all kinds of tips like this. I hope to see you there and I will see you next time. This is Dr. Gio signing off. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five-star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in a world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.